the applause. I appreciate that a great deal. Um, not to continually sound like a broken record, every time I get up here I say I'm super honored to be here. And the reason is because I am. I'm very honored that I'm able to serve in this way, and I'm, I'm honored that Jesus trusts me in a way that he would let me be up here because the way I see it, I mean, we're all his children. And so when you could step into serving his children, that's serious business. So the mere fact that I get to be up here, I'm super honored by that. I want to start with the whole armor of God. So for those that don't know, I served in banking for a little over 26 years. And I worked with this woman, Barbara, and she was completely into the whole armor of God. She'd constantly be hey, did you read the whole armor of God today? Did you pray the whole armor of God today? I'd get to my desk at work, and she'd have a little copy of the whole armor of God on my desk. She wrote it on index cards for me, and she prayed it over me. And the thing about Barbara is I considered her a prayer warrior. Her and my mother, two women that I consider major prayer warriors, Barbara was one of those, and so I I took her seriously, and I would pray the whole armor of God constantly, and that's what I want to start with today is the whole armor of God. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, a final word, be strong and in his mighty power, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against rulers and authorities in the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body of armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. These verses have taken on significant, significant meaning to me, especially as of late, because we've been talking about taking small steps and big leaps. And when you do that, you got to get ready. You got to buckle up. Because then you're going to be entering into a whole new relationship, a different space where God's going to be working with you. The thing is, I I think God wants us to take small steps and make big leaps. He loves us. He wants us. But the thing is, he's not going to push us through the door. I picture there's this door, and God has led me there. Sometimes he's had to carry me there. He's held my hand there. I actually is doing it with every one of us. The mere fact that you are in this room right now,
right now is an indicator that God is leading, leading you. I think he's working behind the scenes. He's not a big flashy God. He's one that's kind of back there and he's working and he's led each of us here today. I'm here. Everyone's in the audience because God wants you. He wants you to take small steps. And the fact you're here is a small step. The thing is, is that we have to enter. He's not going to push us through. We have to enter ourselves. And we all know this from any relationship. When you want someone to do something with you, you're super excited about doing something. But then the other person does it begrudgingly or you have to drag them. I think the best I can relate it to is with my husband. When he would agree to go do something that I wanted to do, um, it wasn't nearly as fun to me. We didn't get to share as much because it was an obligation to him to do it. He just did it because I wanted it. It's not the same thing. And I think that's the same thing in our relationship with Jesus. We have to enter that door. The thing is, is once we do, we need to buckle up and we need to get prepared. Because two things are going to start happening. And I share these two things from what's been going on with me. First of all, we're going to get resistance from enemy lines. And Ephesians just alluded to that. Our, our battle isn't against flesh and blood. It's about unseen forces. We're going to get resistance. And at the same time, God's going to start working in our lives in a, just a miraculous way, really. And if you think about it, actually, these two things happen, have to happen at the same exact time. One, God's going to start moving. We said yes. We entered through this door willingly. But the other thing is the enemy does not want us to succeed. He doesn't want us to know Jesus more and make him known. So you're going to start getting resistance right off the bat. When I very first started doing communion is when I feel... Jesus was able to really start working with me and open some doors. So these lists right here I want to share with you guys are things I have been going through in the last couple of weeks. One is doubt. I've had a ton of doubt. And Luke mentioned I actually have been going to church here for quite a while, and I always sit in the front row. The reason I sit in the front row everywhere I go is I get easily distracted And so for me to pay attention, I have to sit right up front. I'll sit right there, and and God will talk to me. And he'll tell me there'll be something about a call to serve him more or deepen my relationship with Jesus. The very first place I go is doubt. And what I doubt is whether that's Jesus talking to me or if I'm making something up in my mind. It's like, is that me? Or is that Jesus? So that's where I will start. The second place that I go to is fear. Now, I shared with you guys when I did communion how after my husband died, I lived in this dark space of fear. But then at the beginning of last year, I kind of started raising out of it a little bit. And then when I led communion, I started going back to that fear. And this isn't a garden variety level of fear. This is, this is a dark fear. 
Well, what I didn't get a chance to share with you guys is that Jesus also was able to share with me that that fear was not coming from him. He literally was like, Terry, this fear isn't coming from me. It's actually not coming from you either. You are getting resistance. Now, here's the beauty of this. What I love about this is I've been able to identify that. And that's where we go into God working in your life. I've been able to kind of move out of that because I am starting to recognize the things that are coming from me so that I won't move forward. Um, The things that are coming from the enemy because he does not want me to move forward. And so that's a beautiful thing that I was able to see that. The other thing that I have struggled with is that I'm not good enough. Luke, beautiful that you were talking about come as you are and that you don't have to be fully ready. I am not a theologian. I don't have a ton of certifications. I am not qualified to be up here. Do not think that the enemy does not use that against me constantly. And I let him. I do. I give in to that lie. It's a lie, but it's resistance to keep me from growing in my faith and from serving and entering into a more beautiful, deep relationship with Jesus. And it's been very effective. I'm 55 years old. I've been a Christian my whole entire life. That's a lot of, res- that's a lot of buying into a big lie. But here I am. So I'm working. I'm growing forward. Uh, the other thing, too busy and I'm too tired. I sugarcoat this honestly. What this really means to me when it comes to serving is um, I'm not going to follow through. I'm not going to follow through. I'm really not going to keep up on that commitment. I'm not even making it up, and I'm not exaggerating. I sat right there and thought that, Jesus, you know me. I cannot serve in that way. I'm too busy. I have things I want to do on the weekends. I work Monday through Friday. I can't come to church, and I can't commit to serving you on a higher level. I'm too busy. And that one has worked for quite a while. But I don't know if you guys noticed, I was the greeter today. That was one way that I thought, you know, I'm going to step up and I'm going to serve. I'm going to keep to the commitment because God is working on me. He's changing me over here on this other side, this lie I've bought into over here. God's showing me, I don't have to buy into it. And he's showing me it's actually a lie. It's not true. I'm not too busy. I will follow through with my commitment. And and I'm not too tired. And I actually love it. And I love church. The other thing that happens too is things, uh, once you get into a place of service and doing things that you love, once you start doing them, sometimes you run into a slippery slope of feeling like an obligation. They're not as exciting. They don't feel as fun. And so you kind of have a begrudging attitude. I say you guys. I'm speaking for me mostly. In my Christian walk with Jesus, and things will feel like an obligation. It's, I'm less, less likely to want to do things. And that's where I, I do think the enemy can use that one really well, that it, it's an obligation. And that would be going to church, 
giving your tithes, greeting someone, that can be prayer. It feels like something that you have to do. And actually, it's a lie. You don't have to do any of that. And I think it's a pretty effective one that the enemy is able to use against us. Because on the other side, at the same exact time, God's going to be totally moving in our lives. He helps us grow and expand and enter into this beautiful, just wonderful new space of growth to where we're not sitting there complacent and satisfied. We are growing. We had to walk through the door in the first place. You have to enter, and once you go there, look out. I'm blown away. There's not even enough time right now to articulate the beautiful things that have happened in the short period that I've really said yes to Jesus on a different level. I couldn't even do it. God is changing my heart. He really is. And that will happen. He wants us. He loves us. He's going to work on your heart. You're going to be getting the reluctance, the resistance on this other side. It's a lie because God wants to work with you. And he's going to work on your attitudes and he'll make it happen. Going to push you out of your comfort zone. I'm not, I do love being up here. I love public speaking. I have for actually a very long time. But this is very uncomfortable for me. I'm not going to lie. And it's because it's Jesus and because I'm getting some resistance on the other side at the same time. So it's not very comfortable. But I'm, I'm super happy and I'm grateful and I'm thankful. And it took that first small step. The other thing, the bunch of new connections. When Christ, when you say yes to Christ and you go into this, you up your game and you want more of him because he wants more of you. Ton of new connections. I've had great conversations with people in the last few weeks. I I would not have had before. I could not have had just sitting there in the front row, coming in silently and leaving silently. And that's what I have been doing for years. Really, I have. Nope, now I'm not. And so I'm making new connections. I'm getting into some great conversations about Jesus I would not have got into before. And And it all started with that first yes. And I love that. The other thing is new skills. I don't mean to... I think sometimes we put God in a... When we serve Jesus Christ, our Savior and God our maker, I think we put him just in the church religion box, and we think that that's the only place that God works. Not actually true, because when you, when you lean on Jesus and you rely on him for everything, he gives you skills for other things as well. This is helping me professionally. Um, my persistence in fighting the enemy lies, that has helped me grow. That's a new skill. I'm able to recognize some things a little bit differently. That's, that's a nice skill to have. And it serves me both personally, professionally, spiritually. Jesus, he's all about every minute of your life. Every aspect. So anything you're going to do for him, it's going to help you here. It's going to help you everywhere you go in every aspect of your life. And then beyond that, Joy and beauty. Yes, I've been experiencing the resistance and the doubt 
and uh, I'm not good enough. But at the same time, the voice is starting to get a little stronger as I continue to go a little more forward. A little bit more beauty, a little bit more joy. Too many to list. Enthusiasm, excitement, and getting to explore Jesus in a way I've never got to before. I'm digging into his word in these amazing, beautiful ways. I wasn't doing that before. I'm reading his word differently. A hundred things. I'll stop there, but there's a ton. You can catch me afterwards. I could give you a few more off the list. The thing is, is that because these two things are going to be happening at the same exact time, simultaneously, and they kind of have to, it makes sense. You're going to get resistance, but God's going to be working in your life at the same exact time. It gets difficult to discern, hey, what do I do? It's easy to get caught in this bizarre head spin of where do I go from here? And honestly, it's easier to just sit there and do nothing. That's the easy route. I say it's easier. It's not prettier. It's darker, but it's kind of a go-to place that you can go. The good news, God's word tells us kind of what we can do. And I love Paul. Paul's one of my favorites. Uh, He's my favorite out of the Bible because I feel like he is so raw and so broken that I relate to him a little bit more. But I love what Paul says in his letter to the Ephesians. Or, I'm sorry, to the Philippians. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus, is calling us. He he presses on. He just keeps going. He keeps saying yes. And that's what we have to do. We just press on. It's not pretty. It's not perfect. But we keep pressing on. Don and I had a conversation a little bit before about how I was feeling about coming up today. And I kind of already shared with you some of the things, uh, the little lies that I buy into. But here's the good news. I know I'm going to do it anyway. I know Jesus is going to be with me, and I'm going to keep pressing on. That starts with just saying yes. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll speak. Yeah, I'll be on the greeting team. Yes, I'll give tithes. Yes, I'll read my Bible today. Yes, I'm going to pray. The other thing is you take everything to your Savior. You just take every thought to your Savior And then listen. My mom, probably one of the greatest gifts that I think she gave me was if I would talk about a problem with her, she would say, well, did you take that to God? And I'd be like, oh, no, I can't take that to God. That's an ugly thing. And what she shared with me is that that is a way of showing God that you trust him with your everything. You trust him with your darkness. You trust him with the ugly things. You take 
everything to him. Now, this was years ago, and now I literally do. I take everything to God. Some of it's embarrassing, but he's good with that. He's okay with that. I can't tell you how many conversations I have with Jesus that starts like this. Jesus, I got to talk to you about something. I do. And a lot of them, he's used to it out of me. He already knows actually anyway. He's just waiting for me to surrender it. He's waiting for me to trust him. And that's what I'll do. And then you kind of listen. I think God does talk to us all the time. I think we just get so accustomed to dismissing that voice that we don't hear him. I think we, we, I say we again, me, I can tell you, I, I was guilty of thinking that God would only speak to me in grand ways, in super prophetic ways, that he didn't, doesn't, wouldn't speak to me in small, gentle ways and nudge me. And those, so those voices, I, I dismiss. It's past them off. Well, we shouldn't do this. So a couple of years ago, I don't even know why this started. I think it probably was a conversation with the Holy Spirit at one point. Uh, it occurred to me, what if when I think something good in my heart that that's coming from Jesus? What if I were to practice listening to those good things that I would be able to listen to Jesus more? Because listening is a skill. We know that from relationships. We know that from work. Our relationship with Jesus is no different. It's a skill. So at the time this idea occurred to me, the thing was overflossing my teeth. I know that sounds crazy, but I was thinking, what if when you get that little voice that says, hey, you should wash your teeth? What if that's something that's coming from Jesus? I'm not saying that it is or anything, but I'm saying that was just my thought. He's telling me to take care of his temple. This is his body. What if I start listening there? So what happened as a result of that is I started listening for if it was good, if it was something that was good, is it a possibility that that's something coming from my Jesus? And that comes to picking up things, anything that's good. Our Jesus is good. And so that's what I, I really lean into is the goodness of Jesus. And as a result of that, I, I listen a lot more. And I, I feel like I see Jesus and hear Jesus far more because I'm practicing, I'm honing in that skill. And I don't put him in the box of how he's supposed to communicate with me. I used to listen for love and goodness and consider and have a conversation. The beauty of doing that too is that happens everywhere. It doesn't just happen in church. It happens at work. It happens at the grocery store. You just lean in to Christ's goodness, and I love that. Then what we got to do is we just take that first small step. I, Luke talked about it last week. Don't overlook the small beginnings. God doesn't. We shouldn't either. The smallest thing, God can work with that. We will run with it. And after we've entered, we say yes, we take that first small step, and we get ready. You could be standing up here. You never know. Sorry, Luke, if I overstep my bounds. 
then we need to put on the full armor of God. We have to do this daily. We have to stay in his word. We have to accept his salvation every day. When I was going through this with Barbara and the full armor of God, I got to think because she she was on me a lot about it, and so I would do it. And I think what happens then you you take it off so that you can go to sleep at night. Then you have to remember to put it back on the next morning. You stay in the Word of God. You pursue peace. One of my favorite things out of the whole armor of God is shoes that are fitted for the readiness of peace. You pursue peace. You pursue truth. You pursue righteousness. But you need, you need Christ to be able to do that with you. And that's where those first small steps come in. And then you start taking big leaps. And then you just press on. You forget yesterday. You forget the past. And you look forward to your Jesus. And you just keep moving and pressing on and be thankful and grateful that you're here. And that he loves you. And that he trusts you. And you keep pressing on. Not with perfection. Just keep moving. Now, I want to end in just again how much Jesus loves you and he wants you. My feeling is that the world is kind of getting, it's a little dark out there. And society and the world, it's getting darker by the day. The things that we are seeing are blowing my mind. The way people think, the troubles that people are experiencing, I'm blown away. And that's where I think... Us, as a church, as God's children, we, we really have to be the change that we want to see. The good news is that we, God has our back on that, and he wants, us, he wants it as well. But we have to be that. We're going to get resistance. We're going to get resistance. But he wants us. And I think the more resistance that we actually get, that probably should be a sign that we're definitely on the right track because he's running scared. Now, that's unfortunate and uncomfortable for us, but we have Jesus, and we love him, and he loves us. Please stand with me. I just want to take a moment and pray. Heavenly Jesus. Thank you for leading us here in this moment. Thank you for calling us. Thank you for wanting us. Thank you for wanting us where we are. Please just lay on our hearts where you want us to serve and the difference that you want us to make with your children. We love you and we thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name. That was awesome.